Good morning, my name is Carrie Jones and I'm the family life pastor at our Vineland location. My husband, Steve and I, we have three daughters. So Grace is almost 19, Eva is 16, and Beth is almost 11. When our two oldest girls turned 16, we intentionally wanted to mark that birthday in a special way. So here's what we did. We carefully chose a group of women that we respect and admire to come and bring the gift of words to share with our girls. We invited them to share both words of affirmation and wisdom. We knew that our girls needed more influence in their lives than just us as they moved closer to adulthood. My family background is British, and so I decided to host a surprise afternoon tea for each of them. It was all very exciting. I pulled out my fancy wedding china. And on both occasions, with Grace a few years ago and with Eva just six months ago, it was a powerful experience. As I looked around the circle, I saw my mom, my mother-in-law, my sisters, friends. I saw their brave leaders, their youth group leaders. I saw friends of their parents, all women who have loved my girls and poured into them in a really intentional way. To say that this was beautiful would be an understatement. And what struck me the most was the realization that it takes a village to raise our kids. I cannot do it alone. You cannot do it alone. And as I thought about the circle of women who gathered around my girls on their 16th birthday, I'm so grateful that I widened the circle. The truth is, I needed the circle to be wide, but so did they. Many of those women saw in my girls what I was unable to see in them. Many of them understood my girls in ways that was beyond me. Some of them gave perspective to my girls where I was lacking. And some of them are women that my girls have been able to confide in when they didn't want to confide in me. I'm so grateful for the women that have rallied around my girls and are continuing to help me raise them. Not only have I found this to be true on a personal level, but I am convinced that it's especially true here in the church. In fact, I'm deeply convinced of it. In order to raise the next generation of kids and youth, we all have a role to play. Just like I needed others and still need others to help me raise my girls, the church, we need all of us to raise up the next generation. In Psalm 79, 13, we read this. We, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will praise you forever from generation to generation we will proclaim your praise. We are God's people, the sheep of his pasture. We means all of us. We belong to God and we are his. In all of our beautiful diversity, we come together to be the church, to make up the family of God. And we are united for this purpose. As God's dearly and beloved people, we praise him from generation to generation. And we're called to leave a legacy and we have a crucial role to play in the faith of the upcoming generation. We're called to live beyond ourselves. If you've been around Southridge for any amount of time, you've likely heard that we have always been a church that leads from one generation to the next generation. This is core to who we are. Psalm 79, 13 invites us to proclaim the goodness and faithfulness of God to the next generation. In order to do that, here's the thing. We need proximity to them. We are called to invest in the next gen and to raise them up together. And it's going to take you and me. It's going to take each one of us. Around the family ministry department, we often use the language of all in. 
It's become a bit of a catchphrase in our department and even a hashtag on our social media sites. We use the language of all in when we're referring to ourselves and our investment in the lives of families. We use it when we're referring to our amazing leaders and the opportunities that we're inviting them into. We use it when we're referring to everyone who will make a difference in the life of a child or youth and help us raise the next generation. All in means all of us. All in means men, women, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, MS leaders, preschool leaders, nursery leaders, coaches, brave leaders, camp counselors, school teachers, riot leaders, current leaders, neighbors, and so on. The list is honestly endless. All of us have a role to play in raising up the next generation, especially here at Southridge. Last month, I was with my team at the Orange Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And while we were there, I picked up this amazing print. I was struck by this piece because it reminded me and showed me in a really tangible way that there is a seat at the table for each one of us as we raise up the next generation together. My team and I, we've put so much thought and heart into planning the current series that we're in, and we've called it, This Is Us. If you've been joining us, you'll remember that we spent the first week of this series intentionally elevating singles and the unique and necessary role that singleness plays in the church. We talked about how the church has a way of making singles feel forgotten, and we want to change that. On week two, we spent time looking at the maternal nature of God. We talked about how we want to empower girls and women to be all that they've been created to be and what it looks like to raise up a generation of brave women. And last week, we talked about the Me Too movement. We talked about what it means to empower the voiceless to speak up and the role that the church can play in the Me Too movement. We talked about how all of us can be agents of hope and dignity and respect in the relationships in which we find ourselves. As a church, we hold these values for their own sake. But as a family ministry pastor, I believe there's an even greater reason for all of us to hold these values, to advocate for these values, and to fight for these values. And that's because all of us need to be included and empowered because we have a job to do. It's so that together we can raise up the next generation. The very reason we created this series is so that we would all recognize that we are the us. We are the us that's needed to raise up the next gen. If you're wondering what our family ministry vision is around here, I want to introduce you to orange. So orange represents two key ingredients. When you combine the light of the church, which is yellow, with the heart of the family, which is red, you will make a greater impact. The light of the church and the heart of the family equals orange. When we think in terms of orange, we believe the two combined influences will make a greater impact. We believe that the orange model and the orange curriculum that we use here at Southridge helps align the church with the family so that we can have a more lasting impact on the faith of the next generation. Orange combines four stages of development. In our case, that's Little Lights, M&S, Riot, and Current, with two influences, home and church, for one end goal. And our goal is that we would raise up a generation to live out the greatest commandment that we read about in Mark 12, 30 to 31, which says this, 
love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So we want to raise up a generation of kids who love God and love people. As simple as that. And the Orange Curriculum gives us a strategy to invite kids from when they're born until they're 18 into a life of full devotion. And so here's what we do. In age-appropriate ways, we invite children and youth into a vibrant spiritual life, into a life where they make a difference, all done in community, and all done with consistent leaders. I want to share with you a short clip from Reggie Joyner. Reggie is the founder and CEO of Orange. He co-founded North Point Community Church with Andy Stanley. And during his 11 years leading family ministry at North Point, he developed this idea of Orange. In this clip, Reggie paints a picture of just how much time we have with each kid. We think spending time with kids and teenagers is one of the most important things adults can do. Seriously, if you're a dad, mom, teacher, coach, aunt, uncle, leader, pastor, grandparent, guardian, or volunteer, you're probably already making kids a priority in your life. So we know that what you do this week matters a lot. I know it may not seem like it does sometimes, but it does. I want to show you something visually because it just helps you understand why. This represents how many weeks you have with the average kid from the time they're born until they graduate from high school. It's 936 marbles. It seems like a lot, but it goes by fast. For example, if a kid is nine years old, you've already lost half your marbles. You're down to 468 weeks. It also means you only have 312 marbles before they get their driver's license. After that, you only have four more summer vacations with them before they probably move out. You did know that, right? That one day they will move on? I mean, they will still speak to you occasionally, probably. You will still see them during some of the holidays, but it's never really gonna be the same again. No, I'm not trying to depress you. I'm just trying to illustrate how fast it really goes and to raise the bar a little on what happens this week. And if you happen to be a group leader in a church, you get about 50 weeks you can influence a kid or a teenager each year. Actually, when you take out holidays, sports, sick days, other random events, you'll actually only physically see these kids during about 40 of those weeks for about an hour a week. That's only about 40 hours to convince them about the things that matter most in life. The bottom line is this, you're losing your marbles or your weeks, however you want to think about it. But don't think of that as a negative. That's why you need to play for keeps. With every week that passes, with every marble you lose, you are making history. You're increasing your sphere of influence in a kid's life. Playing for keeps simply means you get serious about what you do with your time. We just think if you stop occasionally and count your weeks, you'll tend to make your weeks count a little more. Then you'll just become more intentional about doing the things that matter most. So personally speaking, here's what that looks like in my life. This means that my daughter Grace is heading off to university in the fall and she has no marbles left in her jar. My daughter Eva, who's just finishing grade 11, has 61 weeks left until she graduates. And Beth, who is just finishing grade five, has 374. Time goes by faster than you think. So here's a fairly recent example 
Here's a fairly recent photo, rather, of my girls. And here's a photo from what actually feels like yesterday. The days can feel long, but let me tell you, the years are short. And the truth is, when you realize how much time you have left, you tend to do more with the time you have now. Okay, let's talk for a moment about parents. Parents obviously have a huge influence on the spiritual lives of their kids. Our kids are watching us like crazy. They need to see us as parents, prioritizing our relationship with God, making a difference in the world, and living authentically in community. I really love this quote by Brene Brown from her book, Daring Greatly, where she says this, who we are and how we engage with the world are much stronger predictors of how our children will do than what we know about parenting. I find that so refreshing. In terms of teaching our children to dare greatly in the never enough culture, the question isn't so much, are you parenting the right way, as it is, are you the adult that you want your child to grow up to be? Our kids are watching us constantly. Our personal growth, our values, and our character matter. Our kids need to see us loving God and loving people. I've discovered that parents who are brave, they raise brave kids. And parents who are kind, they raise kind kids. Be the kind of adult that you want your child to grow up to be like. And when it comes to our kids, small investments, they massively pay off over time. So my team is so excited to share with you the Parent Q app. We literally have been talking about it since we returned home from the Orange Conference in April. You're gonna learn more about it this morning, a little bit later, and it's gonna be promoted on our social media sites later this week. But for now, just know that this free app reminds us that we have approximately 936 weeks with our kids until they graduate from high school. And the cool thing about this app is that it cues us. It cues us to four intentional ways that we can connect with our kids. We can connect with our kids through our morning routine, dinner time, bedtime, and any time we're driving with them. And the really awesome thing about this app is it gives us questions. It gives us things to talk about during those touch points throughout the day. The app also weaves in the lessons and the curriculum that our kids are learning about on a Sunday morning with the questions and the cues that we're getting on the parent app. And so it's all tied together, it's all really cohesive, and it's amazing. So much of parenting, I have learned the hard way. And if you ask my kids, they will tell you that for sure. I wanna share with you a few things I've learned and a few things that I'm still learning. The first would be, Parent from a place of love and not fear. In my experience, fear feels like panic and love feels like my hands are open with trust and openness and curiosity. I often think about 1 John 4.18, which says this, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So build your family on the foundation of unconditional love and second chances. Second, create safety in your home. Let your kids see your vulnerability. Let them know that you're human. Hold space in your home where your kids can ask hard questions and literally talk about anything. This is way harder than you think. So I'm an Enneagram One personality type. And what that means in real time 
is that I like to solve problems. I like to fix things. And as if my girls have gotten older, they actually need me to enter into their chaos or their space or their problems and just be there. Rather than ask questions so I can fix their situations, I need to ask questions so I can understand them. Curiosity is such an important posture as a parent, and kids have so much to teach us. The next would be get excited about what your kids are excited about. Join them in that and make memories with them. Next one, widen the circle. This is so huge. Invite others into your kids' lives to help you love them and raise them. Again, it takes a village. There are people around you that would love to spend time with your kids and invest in them. There are people around you that are literally waiting for an invitation. And lastly, parents, let's have empathy toward each other. Let's be gracious with ourselves. Let's be gracious with each other. Parenting is hard work. And the truth is, we need each other's kindness. It's not a competition. Let's cheer each other on. Let's be all in this together. Parents obviously have a role, and so do programs. As far as programs go, parents, let me say this. Your kids, they are counting on you and me to bring them on Sunday mornings, to get them to midweek events when they're older, and to prioritize what it means to be a church family. The thing that we want you to know is that our programs are actually designed with parents in mind. They're designed in such a way that we want to set up parents to win. We want you to be the heroes in the lives of your kids. In our programs, we only get to spend an hour or maybe two at the very most with your kids each week. And so we actually want to supplement what you're doing at home. We want to support you and help you and cheer you on. We believe together we can do more. So on Sunday mornings, we offer Little Lights, which is our nursery and preschool program, Movers and Shakers, which is from kindergarten to grade five, and Riot, which is for kids in grades 6, 7, and 8. We also offer midweek programs for Riot-age kids, and our high school midweek program is called Current. All of the information for these programs is found on the website, so check it out. Parents, I also want you to know that we have leaders in nursery, preschool, M&S, teachers, small group leaders, worship leaders, Riot leaders, Current leaders that love your kids. They love being with your kids and consider it an absolute honor and a privilege to serve families like yours week after week. You might not know this, but we have people that are so committed to kids that they have actually served in family ministry for over a decade, sometimes more. As an aside, if you're wondering if we need more amazing leaders in family ministry, we do. And there's a spot for you. So please reach out to us. Kids ministry isn't something that only a few special people are called to do. Kids ministry isn't something separate from the rest of the church. Our kids belong to us. They are part of the us. They're part of this family. And all of us have a role and a responsibility as we raise up the next generation together. So typically, these are the two ingredients talked about Whenever we talk about raising up a generation, we talk about parents and we talk about programs. But what about any of us that don't fit into those categories? What about those of us who aren't parents or don't have kids at home? Around here, we've learned that there's a third and equally significant contributor. 
we believe there is a crucial role that non-parents play. This was a huge learning for me. This was a huge aha moment when I hosted that 16th birthday party for both of my girls. Non-parents have an opportunity to speak into the lives of kids in a way that parents simply cannot. Their words and their influence, they have a different weight. The role of non-parents in the lives of kids is crucial and cannot be minimized. And that's exactly why this series is so important. Because again, we all have a role to play. So my friend and colleague, Keith Kyer, he was recently recruiting a volunteer. And he used this phrase. I overheard him say, I am inviting you into the opportunity of a lifetime. And the more I thought about it, he's right. Raising up the next generation is an opportunity of a lifetime. There is no better legacy to leave than to proclaim God's faithfulness and goodness from one generation to the next. There is no better legacy to leave than to raise up a generation of kids that know God, love God, and love others. In fact, I would go so far to say that the next generation is counting on us. And here's the thing. It's not just for the benefit of the kids. It's also transformative for us as adults. Kids have a way of reminding us of what matters most. Kids have a way of slowing us down and modeling to us a childlike faith. Children bring out the fun, the silly, the whimsical, and the creative parts of us. And I love this quote by Nelson Mandela. It says this, There can be no keener revelation of a society's soul than the way in which it treats its children. So in summary today, orange. Orange means the love of the home is combined with the light of the church, and this brings about the greatest impact in the life of a child. When we're talking about the light of the church, we're talking about, you guessed it, all of us. We believe together we can do more. The role of parents matters. We believe that the role of programs matter. And non-parents have an equally significant and crucial role as we raise up the next generation together. Let's think for a moment back to the painting, the painting of the table with all of the unique, different and diverse chairs. It takes all of us to raise the next generation. We all have a role to play. So if there's any of you today who are feeling outside of the typical family mold, I want you to know that you belong to us. You are part of the us. You have a tremendous value to contribute to the next generation. So consider yourself invited. Consider yourself needed. Recently, I had the privilege of sitting down with my friends, Kathy and Dave Fandrio. And they shared with me what it means for them to invest in the next generation. Their story is a beautiful example that there is a seat for everyone and all of us are needed. So check out their story.